Welcome to the Christian Worship Center podcast. We pray that this message encourages you and inspires you. Visit us online at cwcbayarea.com for service times and directions. Last week, we, we talked about uh, we're fighting for our thinking, that what you think determines what you become. And many times we allow our thoughts to lead us rather than us leading our thoughts. And many, many times thoughts come in our minds, and I want you to understand a thought isn't bad in and of itself. It's what we do with the seed when that thought comes in that determines whether it's a sin or whether it's a blessing. Because it's not like, it's not like the first look isn't bad, it's the second look. It's when you allow that thought to grow in your mind and it becomes something that's important. James chapter 3, today we're going to talk about what I speak, what I say. James chapter 3, verse 3 says this, Horses have bits and bridles in their mouths so that we can control and guide their large bodies. At the same time, mighty ships, though they are massive and driven by fierce winds, yet they are still steered by tiny rudders at the direction of the person at the helm. So the tongue is a small part of the body, yet it carries great power. Bow your heads as we pray. Father, help in Jesus' name. Amen. I want you to look at your neighbor before you sit down and tell him I'm talking to you. All right. I want you to notice something here, okay? The way a ship is moved based on a little tiny rudder is the same way that our tongues determine the direction for our lives. Your mouth is the GPS unit for where you end up in life. The words you speak help set your direction. The words that you speak determine how and where you're going to get to in life. If you don't like your destination, you have to change your destination by what you speak. Your words create atmospheres, and in a moment, we're going to talk about these things. I want you to see this. If the Lord is the Lord of your life, then he has to be the Lord of your lips as well. Say it again, Pastor. If the Lord is the Lord of your life, he has to be the Lord of your lips as well. you got to watch the things that come out of your mouth. And the children of Israel, last week we started talking about Gideon, that the children of Israel went through this cycle, and many of us are going through this cycle as well. You go through this cycle of things are going great in your life, and when things go great in our life, the first thing we do is we forget God. The very God that blessed you to buy the boat is now the, you use the blessing to stay on the lake and no, no longer come to church. The very God that blessed you with the house is the very house that now keeps you from God. That the blessings turn into a curse because they're the very things that pull us away from God. Now, I want you to notice something here, okay? Children of Israel go through a time of blessing. After they go through a time of blessing, they forget God and fall into sin. They end up in bondage because of their sin and idolatry. And then after they end up in idolatry and they finally get tired of being in that position, they call out to God for freedom. God delivers them and then they go through a time of blessing again. Then they forget God. Then they end up in sin. And then they end up in bondage. They get tired of bondage. They call out in forgiveness. And they're going through this cycle. There are literally uh, 
40 different judges that the children of Israel had because they went through these different 40 different cycles. Every time God would raise up a judge and deliver them, they would fall back in that cycle. Raise up another judge, deliver them, and fall back into that cycle. They were just in this cycle. Gideon is one of these judges that God raises up to help set the children of Israel free. But the problem is, is he has a bad mindset. He doesn't look at himself the way God sees him. And many times we've gone through some things in our lives where we don't see ourselves the way God sees us. Say it again, Pastor. Come on, church. I need you to work with me here this morning. I need you to understand that many times we are not operating in the things that God's called us to do because you don't see yourself the way God sees you. You see yourself through the lenses of your ex-spouse, through your family, through your friends, through your neighborhood, through the people that knew you when, you when you were tore up, when you were messed up. And so I want you to see something. Judges chapter 6, verse 13, the angel of God shows up and tells, tells Gideon, I'm going to use you to set the children of Israel free. And he says this, sir, if the Lord is with us, then why are all these things happening to us? Where are all the miracles our ancestors told us about? Didn't they say the Lord brought us up out of Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us and handed us over to the Midianites. You see, I want you to understand that the words that we speak are the result of what we think. I can't change your living until I change your thinking. I can't change your reality until we change your mentality. And many times our mentality gets in the way of our reality. We want to change our reality, but our mentality gets in the way. In fact, Matthew chapter 15, we're going to be reading a lot of scripture. Write the scripture down or at least the, the, uh, the location of it so you can go back and visit these. Jesus called the crowd to him and said, listen and understand. What goes into someone's mouth does not defile them. What comes out of their mouth, that is what defiles them. It's not what you eat that defiles you. It's what comes out of your mouth that defiles us. It's the words that we speak because the words we speak are powerful. See, words are like arrows or bullets. They either hit their intended target or they... You aim at a target, you hit it, you've accomplished a goal. But when we shoot off words, when we're not... Even thinking about it, it's like driving down the neighborhood just shooting guns. Have you ever heard someone say, sticks and stones may break my bones, but... The person that said that must have never had someone that they loved speak against them. Because words are the most damaging things someone could use. Words are the most hurtful things. I would rather my dad beat me than speak something negative against me. Because my butt will heal, but my spirit won't. Whenever there's some of you walking around today with words that have been spoken over your life from people that you love, that have damaged you, that have wounded you, that still you carry around to this day, that someone that you believed in, someone that you hoped in, someone that you trusted, that spoke against you, that tore you down, and you still hear those words that they spoke to you. See, I want you to understand three things this morning about words, and I want you to write these down because... The first thing I want you to see is this, is that words create atmospheres. Words create atmospheres. Everyone say atmospheres. 
Look at Genesis chapter 1. If we look at Genesis chapter 1, we see all the times that God said, God said, let there be light, and there was light. And then verse 6, then God said. Verse 9, then God said. Verse 11, then God said. Verse 14, then God said. Verse 20, then God said. Verse 22, then God blessed them. Saying, then God said. Verse 26, then God said. Verse 28, then God blessed them and said. The verse 29, then God said. The whole chapter is of things that God spoke why is that important because nothing existed and so in order to create and develop the world that we see now everything we see now is a result of the words God spoke oh you're not hearing me this morning God created by the spoken word but before God created something, God used a word to create an atmosphere before he created a thing. Thank you, Lonnie. You guys are, are the only ones that got that. I don't know if you, you got to capture this. God used words to create an atmosphere before he created anything. So I need you to understand, God used words to create an atmosphere before fish were developed. Before he created plants, he developed an atmosphere where the plants could grow. Before he created animals, he created an atmosphere where the animals had sustenance and the ability to grow. Before God created mankind, he made sure that there was an atmosphere that man could grow. This is the problem. We're asking God for things that we haven't created an atmosphere for God to bless us with. Because you get something into your atmosphere, God, you've been praying for it, asking for it. See, you're asking for a, for a wife and you don't even know how to treat a girlfriend. You're asking for God for a house and you can't take care of your rental. You're asking God for a new car and you don't change the oil in the one you've got right now. The words we speak create the atmosphere that determines what's going to grow. Because you were created in the image of God, folks. And because we are created in God's image, we create just like God does. That's why when you walk into church, you feel a, hear, hear the music playing and you, you get encouraged. You hear the word and you begin to believe that you, you can become the head and not the tail. You believe that you are a champion. You believe that you can overcome. You come to this place and there is an atmosphere of faith, of hope, of belief, of transformation. But the moment you walk out of this building, you walk out into an atmosphere that can't sustain the seeds that were planted here. Man, Lonnie, you're on a roll right now, bro. We have to make sure that you, it doesn't do any good. The, the church right now is a greenhouse. We're trying to give you a head start to grow something here that won't grow outside of these walls. I'm trying to give you a head start to plant that seedling, let it grow. But, you know, I, I, love, I got a garden at my house, and before I did a thing, I started planting in the garage. Had my own little light over there. I, people in the neighborhood thought I was growing weed. But I had my purple light in there trying to grow ultraviolet light to grow my seedlings. But it was too cold to put it outside. Even though it was growing in the garage, the moment I put it out in the elements, they would have died. So I had to give them a head start. That's what the body of Christ does. It gives you a head start to start that growth. The word that's spoken here. The music that's brought here. Now, 
This is the difference. When you walk out of here, you get into a car where you're hearing every other word is an F-bomb. Or you're listening to the news where everything's negative. And you wonder why nothing grows. Go home and everything on TV is anti-God. Because you're creating an atmosphere that's contradictory to the word of God. You have to create an atmosphere with the word you speak that create an atmosphere of forgiveness at home, an atmosphere of love at home, an atmosphere of growth at home, an atmosphere of blessing at home. Take a look at this. I want you to see this. Matthew chapter 12, verse 36 says, let me tell you something. Every one of these careless words is going to come back to you and haunt you. They're, not my words, okay? There will be a time of reckoning. Words are powerful. Take them seriously. Words can be your salvation, but they can also be your damnation as well. Atmospheres determine what can grow. So when God said, let there be, or God said something, what God was literally doing, God was giving permission. Someone say permission. permission. Come on, say permission. God was giving permission for certain things to grow. And so when we speak words in our family, you never amount to anything. Man, I hate this family. I hate this or I hate that. We are determining what's allowed to grow in our home. I'll never own a home. You've just created an atmosphere where it never happened. Never going to have a business. You've just created an atmosphere where it's never going to happen. The word of God says, God says, as you've spoken in my hearing, let it be unto you. I don't agree with it, but because you have dominion over your circle, whatever you've spoken in my hearing, let it be unto you. Because your words carry authority. God determined what was going to grow based on the words that he spoke. And so Ephesians chapter 4 verse 29, watch the way you talk. Let nothing foul or dirty come out of your mouth. Say only what helps each word a gift. Follow me on that. Some of y'all are speaking words that no one wants to open. Your words aren't gifts. At Christmas time, there was one package I always opened last because I knew what was in it. My godmother always gave me socks and underwear. Socks and underwear. And so people would be like, you know, there, there's one present left there. I, I know. And I know what it is. And I'm not really in a hurry to open it. Your words should be something that when you walk in, people can't wait for you to begin to speak. Because you're going to speak life and I can't wait to tear into that. You got friends like that. You got people that when you get around them, it's like word, every word they speak is just like, it's just like iced tea on a hot day. They just refresh you. Man, it's every word they speak to you, it just gives you energy and encourages you. When you speak, do people want to drink from that or do they want to run from it? Because sweet water doesn't come from a bitter well. See, the, power, the words you have have the power to create or destroy. Everyone say number two. So, so number one, our words create what? Atmospheres. Number two, our words create attitudes. Attitudes. It's how we look at life. Our attitude determines our altitude, according to John Maxwell. 
Your attitude determines your out. How I look at things determines about how my, my, my rise. Gideon says this, but Lord, after God says, you are a mighty warrior, he says, but Lord, how can I rescue Israel? My clan is the weakest, everyone say weakest. In the whole tribe of Manasseh, I am the least, everyone say least, in my entire family. Look, look at those two words. I am the weakest and I am the least. Weakest and least. How many know that when you are calling yourself the weakest and the least, you are not thinking about setting a nation free? You're not looking about making a difference. You're just looking about surviving. I'm just trying to get by. And many of us right now are just trying to survive life. We're not trying to transform. We're not trying to change anyone else's life. We're not trying to help anyone else's marriage, help anyone else's kids, help a neighborhood, help a city, help a nation. I'm not concerned about what's going on in the nation. I'm just trying to get going, just trying to live through my own life at home, just trying to get through Sunday afternoon right now. You can't make a difference when you're just trying to get through. This is what he says. I'm the weakest and the least. My question is this. Who told him he was the weakest and least? Who told him he was the weakest and the least? Because our, our view in life is usually developed based on our heritage, based on our parentage, who our parents were, based on our environment, based on our circle of friends, who we hang out with, based on the worth, the things that we own, also on our achievements, the things that we've achieved. But look at what Luke chapter 6 says. It says, a good person produces good things from the treasury, someone say treasury, of a good heart. In other words, you have to have something of value in your heart in order to share it with others. There's a treasury there. There's something of value. You're looking at trying to own things instead of having value of who you are in and of itself. You can own all the, the treasures of this world and still be broke. Out of the treasuries of a good heart and an evil person produces evil things out of a treasury of an evil heart. This is important. What you say flows from, what, from what's in your heart. What you say flows from what's in your heart. Grab a hold of that this morning. You ever hear someone say something and they're like, oh, I'm sorry. Where did that come from? That usually happens with me a lot. Not me saying it, but whenever I play sports with other people or go to a sporting event with uh, people from the church or, or whatever, and we're, we're out there or even driving with some other people, uh, all of a sudden something happens and that curse word pops out. And then the first thing they do is look at me and say, oh, I'm sorry, Pastor. I'm sorry, Pastor. I, I, I don't know where that came from. Oh, I do. You squeeze an orange. What comes out of an orange when you squeeze it? Squeeze an apple. Squeeze a lemon. When you get squeezed, what you are, where'd that come from? It's in there. Now, I had a foul mouth growing up. I had a potty mouth, if you would. I, I, I loved to just curse, and I'd get mad. I'd have a temper. I would just let it go. I still got a temper, but... Those words don't 
pop into my mind anymore. The Bible says be angry and sin not. The problem is now we, we can't, we, we're dropping everything. And in this day of social media, we feel like we have to give everyone a piece of our mind. Man, you've given someone so much of a piece of your mind, you ain't got none left. See, the problem was Gideon was not his mind, it was his heart. And we all have, according to psychologists, we all have an inner voice in our heads that is speaking, but every one of those voices is negative. They found out that when we have voices that we want to do something or try something or step out, that we have a negative voice in our head saying, you can't do that. Who are you to try that? You can't do this. And I want you to understand that none of us have that positive. It's very rare that you find someone that has the ability when they're thinking of doing it, you can do this. You got this, man. It's me. You got this. You can do this. You can. We all start off negative, and we have to train that mind to become positive. You have to take those thoughts captive. You know what? Listen closely. You would never allow someone else to speak to you the way you speak to yourself. See, you're not even clapping on that because that inner self isn't even allowing you to clap on that. Say, shut up, don't clap at that. Don't clap at that. I can talk to you any way I want to talk to you. <laughs> you would never allow a friend to talk to you the way you talk to yourself. Some of you need to break up with you. You need to break up with yourself because you need to start recognizing who God called you to be. See, I need you to see something here. We, that voice that goes on, they say that women speak 15,000 or actually 16,000 words in a day by, on average. They say a man by average speaks about 15,000 words a day as well. There used to be a study out that said this early on. It said that women speak about 20,000 words a day and men speak about 5,000 words a day. There was a study that used to say that. And they say that by the time a man comes home from work, he's already spoken 4,900 of those words. The wife, when she comes waiting for her husband, that was when the wife would stay home, that the wife, by the time the husband came home, had only spoken about 18,000 of those words. So she had to make up 18,000 words by the time he came home. And that's why the wife was always speaking. There was no proof that that's true or not. But we, we speak a lot is what I'm saying. And out of those words that we, speak, that we say, how many of those words are actually hitting a mark? If every word we speak creates an atmosphere or an attitude, how many of the words of those 15,000, 16,000 words that we're spending that God's given us a certain amount of words to spend on a daily basis, how many of those words are you actually spending and hitting the target? Accomplishing your goal. You see, I want you to recognize something. Gideon spoke from a place of, uh, from disappointment, not destiny. And many times, the voices in our, in our minds that speak against us of fear and doubt only get loud when we're about to do some work that matters. 
right when you're about to make a difference, right when you're about to start a business, right when you're about to heal your marriage, right when you're about to get to work on your body and, and, and get healthy. It's that's when the voice of fear and doubt steps up and says, man, you can't do it. These are the three things that voice will tell you. Who are you to do that? You want to step up, you want to write a book, you want to go back to school, you want to start a nonprofit. The first voice that comes up and says, who are you to do that? You're not qualified. Who are you to be the one that steps up and starts that business, to start that nonprofit? Who are you? The second voice says this, you're too late. Look how old you are already. Look how many years have gone by. There's someone younger that can do it, that can do it better. There's someone else that, you're too late, you're starting too late. Tell that to Moses. 80 years old when he stepped up to set the children of Israel free. Or lastly, number three, that voice says it has to be perfect. And if I can't do it perfect, if you don't have everything in order, you're not going to be able to do this thing. Don't Don't worry about being perfect. Just be excellent. No, you didn't hear me. Don't be perfect. Strive for excellence. You'll never hit perfection. If you're waiting for perfection to start, you'll never get there. But you can do your best. Excellence involves and gives everyone the opportunity to give their best. Perfection eliminates people. Excellence empowers everyone. Come on, somebody say amen. So we have to mind the gap. I'm going to ask the worship team to come help me here. Mind the gap. Everyone say mind the gap. If you go to England, if you're about to get on one of, one of their, their tubes, their, their um, subways, you're going to see this picture on the floor. They don't say, watch the gap. You know how uh, when we're, we're walking into a building in America, we'll see places that'll say either watch your step or it'll say watch your head. Have you ever seen that, watch your head? Try, try that with me. Try, try to watch your head right now. I can watch your head, but I can't watch my head. My eyes are in my head, so I can't watch my head. But I love the way the English look at it. They say, mind your head. Mind the gap. Because everything starts in your mind. You have to be aware of what you're about to say. And we say things without even thinking. Oh, you're stupid. Oh, you're an idiot. I'll get out of here. And we say things that just are flippant. But every time we release a word, we're releasing a bit of atmosphere. Whether it's oxygen or carbon dioxide. Your your things that you are releasing are allowing things to either grow or you're killing it. Based on your words. Some of y'all got Mars atmosphere around your life. Because nothing grows there. Because of the words you've spoken. Proverbs 18.21, words kill. Words give life. They're either poison or fruit. You choose. Colossians 4.6, let every word you speak be drenched with grace and tempered with truth and clarity. Number three as we close. Everyone say number three. Words create. Atmosphere, attitude, and anticipation. Anticipation is another word for faith. 
And the problem is we don't anticipate anything or expect anything out of life because we haven't spoken anything into life. God spoke us into existence, breathed us into life. And we are the same way. We got to speak things into life. When's the last time that you've spoken your dream, spoken your future, spoken your vision? But the Bible says, write the vision down, make it plain to see. When's the last time you wrote what you want to see God do in your life down on paper? When have you spoken into existence and then wrote it down so that you have something to look for, the roadmap to see these things happen? I want you to notice something here. Gideon couldn't embrace the angelic visitation because he was consumed by his condition. God shows up in front of Gideon and says, I'm about to do something, and he can't receive it because his mindset and his experience has been so bad. Some of us have gone through so much crap in life that even if Jesus showed up himself, you wouldn't believe it. He says, I'm going to bless you. No, you're not. I'm going to set you free. No, you're not. I'm going to give you a house. No, you can't. I'm going to make you the head and not the tail. No, you're not. But we are so negative, we can't receive the very word that Jesus is trying to give to be the solution to our problem. Let me say this as we, as we bring this together. See, you know you have a bad mouth when your ears can't hear a good word. You know you have a bad mouth when you, your ears can't hear a good word. I want you to recognize this as we... There's four things I want you to learn to say this week. Write these down, okay? Four things I want you to learn to say. I want you to learn to say thank you. Be grateful. Learn to say thank you. Kids, mom makes you something to eat. Say thank you. Don't just eat it. Ungrateful kids. <laughs> get me this. Get me that. Get me this. You get it. You Thank you. You think it's a, the food just showed up on the plate? Thank you. Thank you, mom and dad, for a house. Thank you for a roof over our head. Thank you for food to eat. Thank you for a car that we don't have to take the bus to get to where we're going to. Or thank you for the quarter that got us on the bus to get us to where we're going to. Thank you. Thank you. Babe, thank you for making dinner. Babe, thank you for not leaving me. Thank you for not giving up on me. Thank you. I want to say thank you. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Angie, Angie always tells me, say you're sorry. I say, you're sorry. <laughs> she, gets, she gets so ticked. She goes, say you're sorry. You, you said something to me. You say you're sorry. I said, you're sorry. She goes, no, no, you say you're sorry. I said, you're sorry. No, say, I'm sorry. Say, I'm sorry, you're sorry. <laughs> Got to learn to say our sorry. Take, take responsibility. My bad. I blew it. Got to learn to say, I love you. Why well, they know I love them? I go to work every morning, get up at 4 a.m. I go work, put in 80 hours at work, come home. They, know, they should know I love them. No, they don't. They need to hear it from you. Open your wives need to hear from their husbands, I love you. Wives need to hear, husbands need to hear from their wives, I love you. 
We need to hear those words. Those words empower you. The kids need to hear it from mom and dad. I love you. Mom and dad, our kids need to hear you tell them, I love you, thank you, I'm sorry. And number four, forgive me. Oh, wait, wait a minute, didn't you say I'm sorry earlier? Yeah. But I'm sorry isn't, doesn't equate forgiveness. I'm sorry is the attitude. I'm sorry I hurt you. But now I'm asking for forgiveness. Making a commitment not to hurt you again and to restore the standard in our relationship. Because I could keep saying I'm sorry but never change my attitude or my action. But when I say I'm sorry and then I ask for forgiveness, it gives a chance for healing, bridging the gap. But I want you to learn to say thank you because gratitude is important to God and it should be important to us as well. Look at Psalms. I want you to stand to your feet. Psalms 43. Let me, I'm going to start shooting these scriptures at you, okay, for in a, in a moment. Why am I discouraged? Why is my heart so sad? I will put my hope in God and I will praise him again, my Savior and my God, let us come with thanksgiving and let us sing psalms of praise to him. Psalms 95, 2. Enter his gates with thanksgiving. Go into his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. Psalms 104. Be thankful in all circumstances for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. Notice this. Don't be thankful for all circumstances. Be thankful in all all circumstances. I'm not thankful for the abuse. I'm not thankful for the molestation. I'm not thankful for the sickness, but I am going to learn to stay thankful in the midst of all of these things. That I'm grateful that God didn't leave me in the midst of that molestation. Didn't leave me in the midst of that marital crisis. Didn't leave me when I was sick and he gave me a promise. I'm thankful in all circumstances. Listen, don't just think it. Speak it. Has the Lord redeemed you? Bible says, let the redeemed of the Lord, let it be known. Come on, stop speaking your struggle. Stop speaking your burden and start speaking your blessing. Let's make a decision to change our speech today, to change the words that we use. Let me give you your homework. I forgot to give you your homework, okay? The, the three words are the three, the four words are the words you have to speak this week. But let me give you the scripture that goes along with this, okay? I have to go backwards here. Ephesians 4.29. Ephesians 4.29. Watch the way you talk. Let nothing foul or dirty come out of your mouth and say only what helps each word a gift if it's foul or dirty swallow it don't say it but I'm mad they need to know oh we know you're mad and we know you don't need to destroy the atmosphere in the process I know when my wife's mad at me 
I don't need a spiritual gift to figure that one out. say anything to jack it up more let nothing foul or dirty come out of your mouth say only which helps release gifts this week be a gift giver be Santa Claus this week be Santa Claus with your words come on right now I want you right now each one of you I need you as we begin to worship and as Troy begins to lead us in the song I'm going to walk you through a couple things right now. So don't leave. I'm going to walk you through a couple things. First thing I want you to do as they begin to sing, I want you to apologize to yourself. I want you to ask yourself for forgiveness. I want you to ask yourself for, to forgive you for the way you've talked to yourself. For not believing in yourself. For putting yourself down. For doing the things that have damaged you, not blessed you. So right now as Troy begins to sing, I want you right now to ask yourself for forgiveness. Come on. Take some time, or if you're dating, you're, you're in a dating relationship right where you are. 
I want you to take the hand of that significant other right now. If you're, you're married, I want you to take the hand. I want you to face each other, okay? This is important. Because husbands, men, I want you right now to apologize for words that you've spoken. I want you to apologize for the words that you've spoken, for words that have come out of your mouth. I want you right now. Come on, just, just go ahead and do... I didn't say make out. I just said, those of you in the back... See y'all, come on, man. I said, talk, talk. Easy there, Napoleon. Come on, bro, little room. Little room, homie. Come on. <laughs> Go ahead, right now, just I want you to take time. I want you to take time and just apologize. Because as a husband, as a lead of the house, you have a responsibility to assign value, identity, and I want you now to ask, say, I'm sorry first, but now ask for forgiveness. Now tell them I love you. Wives, I want you now to do the same thing. Let them know I believe in you. I have faith in you. I'm sorry. I love you. Okay, now you can hug and kiss, okay? Don't smash your kid's head in the middle of all that. I'm sure he's having a great time right now being stuck between the two of you. <laughs> so come on, Mom and Dad, you're, you're embarrassing me here. I want you to know that you were created in the image of God. And your words have the power to create atmospheres. And the atmosphere you're creating right now will determine what's going to grow in your family and for your kids. We all want as good parents for our kids to go farther, to accomplish more than we have. How does that happen? It happens by the atmospheres that we create with our words. I get it. When we get mad, we want to say things and we want to express how mad we are. But every time you do that, it's like destroying the ozone layer. And it starts messing up what can grow here in your atmosphere of your family. Watch your tongue. Don't curse your family. Don't curse your wife. Don't curse your kids. Don't even curse people around you. Let blessing proceed out of your mouth. Amen? Be angry and sin not. I'm not saying don't get mad. Just don't allow the enemy to destroy the atmosphere that you're responsible for building. Amen? Let's make a commitment this week. This week. Every morning, read the scripture. Every morning, Ephesians 4, 29. Read that every morning as you get up. And we're going to give you a card next Sunday. Be here next Sunday. You can grab a handful of them. You can put them all over the place. One in the bathroom, one in the, on the refrigerator, one in your car, any, in your wallet. Every time you see it, let it remind you what it is that you're fighting for. Everyone shout, I declare war. Come on, I declare war over my lips. In Jesus' name, God bless you. Thank you for downloading this message. For more information on our church, visit us at cwcbayarea.com. You can also follow us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash CWC Bay Area.